Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. Today's episode, Nourishment Mindset Podcast number 11, a bit of a guinea pig of sorts. I got this guy here with me. I call him, oh no, you didn't, Buddha. He makes me laugh. I saw him in a little cheapo store in France and he came home with me. So we're doing a little bit of a change up today. Substack has a video beta. So I thought I would just try this out in addition to having an audio guide because I'm going to be inviting some guests on here soon. And so my vision is to have us side by side so that you can actually see the guests that I am bringing on while you listen to all of the wonderful health information that they will be providing. So Nourishment Mindset, this podcast is where we use real whole foods to eliminate or reverse chronic lifestyle conditions. And I pair that with straight talk. I am all about helping you either rediscover or find your vitality. We only have one life. Let's have good food, good health, and a good life. So today, reason I have, oh no, you did in Buddha here, is because today's episode is all about mindset. And for those of you watching the video, you might be wondering why I have this hat on. Well, there are two reasons. The first is that I live in Florida, so it's full year round. The second is that quite frankly, my hair is identifying as gray and I need to take care of that. I have an awesome new thing I've been using called hair print. And this is a non-chemical way to restore natural hair color. I ain't gonna lie, it's a pain in the ass. Um, but I really like the company. I like what it does for my hair and I don't have to use all the chemicals that are found in salons. So we all have to make our own choices. I'm not telling you not to go to a hair salon. It's not perfect, but for me, it's something I'm trying. So, all right. A team that I work on, on the weekends, we had a question posed to us that was, if you could have an unlimited supply of X, what would X be? So the first thing that popped into my mind, I'm admit it, Pinot Noir from Burgundy. Pinot Noir uh, for wine lovers, it's a funky, fabulous, feisty and fussy wine. And it can lend to the extraordinary when it's paired with wonderful terroir, basically where the wine is grown and cultivation practices, as well as the actual cultivators, which would be primarily the wine grower and the winemaker. When all this comes together in harmony, you have magic in a bottle. So two of my favorite places for Pinot Noir is France's uh, Burgundy region, as well as the Willamette Valley of Oregon, where my husband and I lived for 10 years. So we know it pretty well. 
In fact, I love Pino so much uh, that we were once at one of his work conferences and he kind of had something like, all right, nudge me. Um, because there was this wine served at dinner where I just, I put my nose in, I have tea right now, so it's not quite going to be the same thing. I put my nose in and I, I couldn't move. All I could do was just inhale this bottled beauty. And it got to a point where it was frankly weird, um, because other people were having a discussion and doing what normal people at dinner do. And I just had my nose in this huge glass and I couldn't move. I didn't want to do anything. I was just in the moment. I was appreciating all of its amazing aromas. It was almost transcendent for me. So I realized that this is the kind of story <laughs> where uh, people came up with the term wine snobs. Uh, it's borderline obnoxious. So, okay, we're going to move on from there. So I did not write in my team um, message board that, you know, I would like an unlimited supply of Pinot Noir. That was just what popped in my head. But the question did make me think, and it's such a good question. If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing, what would that be? So for me, I thought about it and I ended up answering gratitude. Gratitude is the quality of being grateful or thankful. It's a wonderful, present emotion. And it's so easy in this world that we live in to, to be operating in this hurried, mindless, focusing on ticking off things on your to-do list all day long and just kind of like getting through the day, that kind of mindset, that's not living with vitality. And I know that because this was my mindset for a long time, especially when I was just out of business school and building my business, my wine marketing firm. It was just go, go, go all the time. And for the most part, I was having fun achieving my business dream and meeting people and growing things. I mean, it was highly uh, engaging and wonderful. And people who work in wine are very passionate by and large. Uh, they love what they do. They love to see the world. They, they tend to be grateful for things. So all of that uh, was wonderful. But fast forward a couple of years, business was really good. It had taken off more than I had thought. I, I was frankly having trouble keeping up with it. And one holiday season, Patrick, my hubby, and I were walking in downtown Portland where we live. I turned toward the store and I caught my reflection in the mirror and I was quite taken aback. Because the chick looking back at me was exhausted, bags under her eyes, really pasty. That kind of comes with living in rainy Portland, but also pudgy, pudgy. And worst of all, boring. All the things that I had done was for pleasure, for fun. I had started turning down just to focus on growing my business. And hey, I mean, that's sometimes what you need to do, but I was not in a good place that night. And so as someone, especially who is long identified as like, at that point, as like fit and filled with energy, I couldn't believe what I saw. I was flabbergasted. You know, how had this happened to me? I had competed not um, 
too many years prior in the national age group championships for triathlon for amateurs. That was this chick staring at me. Where was the Dixie that I thought I was? Where had she gone? You know, I'd put all my energy eggs in one business basket. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened slowly over time where I just let things, you know, go. I, I turned down social invitations. I stopped learning. I stopped reading. It was just go, 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 business, business, business. And it was around this time after I realized that I had just, you know, gone so far down the rabbit hole, I needed to make big change that I started really just diving into some fitness podcasts, wellness books, that kind of thing, just doing a lot of reading. And this is how I came to find low carbohydrate, high fat nutrition. One of the things I didn't mention when I saw this chick um, in the reflection is that I had been unable to, to run. That was like my thing. That was my stress release. That's the one thing I would like make time for, but I'd injured my ankle. I couldn't run and everything hurt. And so that was part of this, like the pudginess and the down energy and everything. So it was like this cycle. Um, and you know, this sometimes happens in life, but when I found the low carb, high fat nutrition, as I've mentioned on prior podcasts, this kind of blew me away. I mean, this was the antithesis to how I had been taught by other authors, doctors, nutritionists of, of how to eat. But pretty quickly, I found that eating this way gave me enhanced energy and improved my mood and even inflammation. It's not to say that it cured my ankle pain. That just took time and physical therapy. But I firmly believe it helped me kind of get over that pain barrier and more importantly gave me like this new quiet mental space and I now know at the time I just sort of thought okay maybe I'm you know turning a corner I'm getting better but now that I I understand like the science behind low carbohydrate eating it's basically my blood sugar was not doing this roller coaster thing and was instead more streamlined so that led to a more streamlined personality so it was not long after sort of having this checkpoint realization and, and learning and changing my diet that I decided to return to my study of French. And I continue this today. At first, it was sort of a half-assed thing where I would sign up for a class at um, then the Portland Alliance Francaise. And half the time, I just wouldn't go because I was too busy and I just wasn't making time to do that. But then I finally did commit to doing this. And it was the reason I bring it up is because it's the one thing at the time that I was doing in my life, just purely for pleasure. And I realize a lot of you might be like, I was like studying French for pleasure. That's just me. I'm weird. But you could say, find your own purely for pleasure thing if you don't have that in your life. Shortly thereafter, I returned to yoga, which I had been doing on and off for years, but mostly off when I was building my business. You know, I just didn't have time. Um, yoga is something I now teach. And if you had told me back then, I'm like, no way. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. Every week I teach a few classes a week because yoga is all about gratitude. You know, in the Western world, we've kind of made it like a sport, but this is not the original intention of ancient yoga. It shouldn't be a sport, a tough workout. 
yoga is a practice. It's a mindfulness practice. It's a gratitude practice. It's a silent place where we can go to intentionally breathe, inhaling and exhaling, and just focus on the movement. And more importantly, just be, be 100% present. So for your listeners or viewers out there, I'd like you to think of two things for your life. One thing, maybe that you're already doing, or maybe you could return to or do something new just for the pure pleasure of it. And then secondly, how can you cultivate gratitude in your life? So for me, it starts, and everyone will be different, but I've tweaked it over the years. It's, you know, it's my mindful morning. I am best when I just wake up with the um, the sunlight, but, you know, a lot of us have jobs and kids and all that stuff, so we have to do the alarm. But I set my alarm on, like, a really calm, like, I don't want to be rattled out of bed by some crazy ACDC music or something. So I set it on like a chime setting and then I just stretch a little bit in bed and I'll admit it. I let my giant Newfoundland climb in and out of bed as he likes. So I'll often, before I even get out of bed, just like cuddle with him. It's freaking awesome. It just takes a few minutes. Um, and from there, it's all about looking at the sunrise or at the natural light. Certainly not this flipping thing. Screen rise, sunrise and just feasting your eyes on the natural light, preferably barefoot. Yes, so you walk outside barefoot. I know there are the elements and I'm lucky I live, you know, in Florida, it's, it's usually just hot and humid year round here, but just grounding the feet into the earth and gazing at that sunrise or natural light. After that, I come in, I have what I call my morning mocktail, sparkling water, either with lemon lime or an apple cider vinegar and some salt. From there, I'll go out on my lanai. And this, all this has taken like, so far, we're not even 10 minutes in. This is not some lengthy process, but I'll hop out on the lanai to do a little more stretching rather <laughs> and breath work, you know, where I'm doing a few counts of an inhale. So if I do a three count inhale, then I might hold my breath at the top of that inhale for five seconds and then a three count exhale and a hold for five seconds before I take the next breath. So just, you know, a few of these, I'm not sitting there again for five minutes doing this. I'm just grounding myself, being intentional about my morning. Then I have some physical therapy exercises and I close that out with um, a couple of things. One is the loving kindness prayer. May we be well and happy. May we accept the arising and passing of things. May we find the deep peace of contentment through awakening. And one of my yoga teachers taught me that you ideally would say this prayer once for yourself, once for someone you love, once for someone who's perhaps neutral in your life. And here's the kicker. The fourth time you say it, you say it for someone that you're having trouble with whatever that may mean to you. Um, so if there's someone who you're angry at or sad about or something, you're bringing yourself to say that for them, recognizing their, their humanity. And then I have my own mantra where I talk about reminding myself, be present here in this moment. 
be gracious. Try to find the best in others. Boy, it can be hard sometimes, even in ourselves, to find the best. And then finally, to be grateful. And so I literally say this stuff out loud on my lanai. I know it's strange. Um, but I can tell you just the sense of calm and making this investment that is maximum 15, it could be 10 minutes every morning, makes a huge difference. And just like the flow of my day, it's been helpful for me. So that's why I'm sharing it with you. I also have set an alarm on my phone to go off about 10 minutes before I need to pick up our son from school with the hopes that I'll just power down, close my eyes and just meditate. Meditation can be really hard. The mind wanders. I used to resist it, but the fact is you just need to sit and be and be still. And if a thought comes in, you can let it go out and it's okay. But it's the act of just sitting quietly with the eyes closed. Sometimes I think about what I'm smelling or what I'm hearing, um, how, how my body's feeling. That helps me just kind of wind down because I wanna show up for him in this calmer manner and kind of let the, the day's work stuff uh, stay in the office, so to speak. So again, 10 to 15 minutes for me, it's been profoundly helpful. And I do notice the difference on the days I don't do it. For my clients, um, a lot of whom aren't hippy dippy <laughs> yoga teaching <laughs> folk like me, I just call it take time to just be, just be. And if you want to close your eyes, great. If you want to do like a walking, you know, without the phone or the earbuds, just time every day, minimum five minutes to just be. Not to do anything, not to think, not to fret, to be present. For many people, religion, I, I think, helps with this a lot, uh, this attitude of being present and grateful you know and for others we need to work to cultivate it in ourselves so when you take time to just be there will be things that come up you know a couple seconds ago i mentioned thoughts that come and go and again that's okay let's not abandon the idea of just being doesn't have to be called meditation because we can't sit still or be without thought. It's okay. Just allow the things to pass. I have a chapter. It's one of the final chapters in my nourishment mindset book, which I'm so excited. I'm going to see the cover designs on Friday. This thing is coming. I don't think it's going to be coming before the holidays. And it's really, frankly, not quite, maybe it could be a good holiday gift for someone, but it's, I think it's more of like new year, new you. So stay tuned for that. But my chapter, one of my final chapters is called let your pain on your porch. What in the world is this? So four, four years ago, I was having a really, really hard time, very close to my first Newfoundland she was really more like a sister to me it's it's hard to explain especially if y'all don't you know have a very close angel dog but rebel who is now tattooed on me that's how much I think of her um had passed away and been months and I was still just having a horrible time with this and in fact I found myself unable to meditate unable to do yoga unable to even read 
because it would be that like quiet time of the night. And if I sat down and stopped just doing all the Freddy stuff that I'm doing, grief would flood in. And I didn't want to be with that grief. It was super uncomfortable. So I just, you know, would try to keep moving. But there was one night I decided we were traveling and I was just sitting on this porch. And I just, I let that grief in on the porch. And I sat there and I cried <laughs> more than a river, an ocean. I was exhausted, swollen eyes, like really, really tough. I also didn't know that there was a bunch of mosquitoes out there. So that was, that was nice the next day. But when I finally felt like I could just experience the pain that I had been trying to run away from, it was really for me profoundly healing. And it did, it makes me wonder, you know, a couple of things I think about when I think about gratitude, mindfulness, um, being present, even if it's with uncomfortable feelings like pain, grief, depression, um, is when we're trying to run away from all that, it, for a lot of us, will make it worse. And so I realized that I had been avoiding the very thing that I needed to do to, to help me process that grief and that loss. The other thing I wonder about is it come as it pertains to food, nutrition, pleasures of the table, is that when we're running around doing all the time and kind of in this less mindful place, you know, it becomes harder to nourish yourself mindfully, the literal nourishment of real whole foods. We feel like we don't have time to do it. You know, it's just one more thing to do instead of like, wow, I'm going to source and prepare and enjoy this meal as more of an experience, not a to-do. So that's that's kind of the whole dealio behind the name of the podcast and the book. It's a nourishment mindset. And to me, the mindset is the most important thing for health and vitality, even more so than the nutrition and the real whole foods. And I haven't said it yet. And avoiding those nasty seed of vegetable oils. Nourishment mindset, what's on your mind, more important even than nutrition. Again, hard for me to admit, hard for me to say, but when you get the mindset right, the rest can follow. If the mindset is not there, it's gonna be hard to, to go through the motions. It, it will be hard to remember your why of why you're doing this. So this is why it's so important to cultivate gratitude for the good things, for your awareness, for gratitude, just for the opportunity to have another day at life. Sure, there's shitty days. There's no way around that. That's obviously part of it. But if we cultivate gratitude and put some more of that maybe in the bank than is needed, then I firmly believe that we're going to not only be better able to draw upon that when we most need it, but here's the wonderful thing. Um, is to share some of that gratitude with the people around us who sometimes need it more than we do. So to be able to share that, that presence, that graciousness, the gratefulness with others, to me, that's what enriches life. So for what are you grateful? Why are you grateful for that what? And how can you bring 
these thoughts forth into your daily life? What's going to work for you? I, I describe what works for me. It's nothing fancy. For some, it might be journaling. It might just be praying. It might be thinking about it before you go to bed or as you're brushing your teeth in the morning. It doesn't have to be, you know, I, I feel like people talk about a gratitude practice and it just sounds like another to do. But no, the, if you give it just a little bit of your time, it will give you back so much more. So that's today. We went in a little bit of a different direction talking about mindset. And for me, the thing that I wanted to have the unlimited supply of is gratitude. I hope this helps you think about your own life and how you can be intentional and, and just work on that mindset. That's my tip for today, y'all. Please like, share, and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, whether that's Apple, Spotify, or just favorfat.substack.com. You can find me on Instagram at Nourishment Mindset, on LinkedIn at Dixie Huey, or favorfat.com. And I'm always happy to take questions, topic requests, all that good stuff. So on behalf of Oh No You Didn't Buddha, I hope you have a wonderful, nourishing week, and I'll see you here next Tuesday for episode 12 of the Nourishment Mindset. Bye.